Welcome to another edition of Ask Our Parent Coach. Here's your host, Terry Manrique and Alina Greif. Welcome, Columbus. Welcome back to Ask Our Parent Coach. Uh, this show is brought to you by Working With Parents, Central Ohio's leading parenting experts and coaches, where we create a safe place for parents to seek help, support on topics such as parenting, communication, relationships, and emotional intelligence. I'm Terry Manrique. And I'm Alina Greif. So today we're very excited to have our guest speaker. Um, our speaker today is Amber Evans, and she's a preteen and teen coach. So we are really excited to have Amber join us today. It's a very interesting area. I, the one that I work in as well, and I'm always, always loving the conversations with other coaches who serve parents of preteens and teens. So Amber, welcome. And would you like to tell our listeners a little bit about your story and how you got into this? Yes. And thank you so much for having me. I'm excited and I enjoy your work and your podcast. So thank you for having mm-hmm. me today. Um, so a little bit about me. So I am a uh, parenting coach specializing in parents of teens. Um, how I originally got involved with that in 2016, my daughter lost a handful of friends to suicide and her dad within th- a three month period. So I saw firsthand how things can change overnight. So my daughter that was perfectly happy kind of slipped into a bit of a depression and anxiety, grief, and I just kind of saw her down every day. So we went through a lot of um, navigating, looking for resources. I reached out to the schools, the counselors, the crisis line. Um, It was a very isolating time. I felt very shuffled around, kind of a lack of resources, and that you kind of have to be your your kid's own advocate. So I did a lot of research and learning. And prior to that, I've I've had a background in personal development and coaching. So I just used different techniques to help her and to help myself uh, kind of remain calm and patient throughout the whole situation. Um, So Fast forward now, my daughter is uh, 20 years old and she's doing amazing. She actually travels with dance and choreography and went to Germany as part of Team USA last year. So it's um, just my mission now to support, encourage and empower other parents of teens. I just know what an isolating time it can feel like. Um, So I just really you know, have a passion for an appreciation for coming through that and then reaching my hand out to help other parents through this time. If Yeah, Yeah, that's wonderful work. I mean, that's great work, because it's so hard for I think parents, I mean, Rolina and I both parents of teens, my my youngest is uh, 17. uh, But it is it is very hard, I believe, for parents to have that kind of connection with their teenager, you know, from you and disconnect from you and having not not having that ability to to have that deep connection, right? And then that's when they start to separate and you don't start to you don't see any of the signs or warnings. So I'm so glad you're on here to kind of, you know, how to make a connection with our kids. I know that you said today you're going to talk to them about five tips that parents can do with their preteens and teens. So we look forward to kind of learning some stuff from you and what that looks like. Yes, definitely. Um, And then also just to kind of add on that, I also work with suicide prevention organizations. I'm a parent peer support. and I've also led uh, teen boards for outreach programs. So I have been lucky enough to work with um, hundreds of parents at this point. And I am excited to share um, today just five tips on how we can support our teens and have uh, just a healthy relationship. Okay. So um, the first one that I'm going to say is ask for help. I believe it still does take a community to um, help raise a child. Sometimes we need that break. 
So I say the more trusted adults that you can have, whether it's a family member, your teenager's friends, parents, a safe place for them to go. Um, I think it's okay to separate for a day or two if needed. Sometimes teenagers, we get in kind of a combative, engaging zone. So I think that um, having that break to regroup could be healthy for both parties, the parents as well as the teenagers. And sometimes if we have conversations in neutral grounds and we take away the day-to-day stress stressors, we have that ability to be heard and to hear them a little better as well. My next one is gonna be um, help or encourage your teen to find a job or a volunteer position. Sometimes when we can take the focus off of our own struggles and our own lives and see the power that we have in helping others. Um, It builds confidence and life skills. And um, it just helps our teens be more productive and to have a bigger perspective in life. Um, The next one I'm going to say is um, be open to different ways of parenting. Sometimes we get in our head that we have to be so strict or we have to be one way or the other, but it's evolving. So I say that um, we kind of open our mind to try different parenting ways. Kids are not always receptive to the same thing. Uh, Another one I would say would be learn and focus on what you can control. There's so many aspects of parenting that are outside of our control. And it's really um, taking a look at that and understanding and asking ourselves in this situation, what are the things that I can control? And then not have that energy flowing around things that um, that we can't change. So I like to say, look at a situation and pick maybe the top two to three things that you can do to make a, ch- a positive change. Yes. Um, and then another big one for me, and, and maybe even the biggest is going to be self care. And so I would say regardless of if you're super busy during the day, or you have time start where you can, it can be something as simple as taking a few deep breaths to meditating, to exercising, just something to release some of the stress. Look for positive ways to do that. Um, You can journal, you can take a walk, you can call a friend, you can watch a comedy, just something to disconnect uh, mentally for a little bit so you can come back even stronger. If you're not taking care of yourself, you have no energy, no strength, no resources, right? To give to someone else. Yeah, Those are great tips. Sorry, Terry. (laughs) Those are great tips. Uh, Amber, honestly, you know, Terry and I, when we do our uh, training sessions or classes or workshops, we also talk a lot about self-care because you can't help someone else when you're running on empty. And I think as parents, um, we sometimes are wired or maybe society is telling us to feel guilty Mm -hmm. when we take time for ourselves. And it's so important to prioritize that so we can be a better parent for our kids. Right, exactly. Yes, just that, um, you know, the shifting of the mindset for a little while can make a world of difference because we're when we're in a constant um, state of anxiety or fear Mm -hmm. or worry about about things, we're not doing ourselves any good. Yeah, and our emotions are high, right? Our emotions get really high. We're not rational. We're not making good decisions. Mm -hmm. We're even sometimes even triggering our kids to react a certain way with us, right? So when you're not taking care of yourself, you're actually creating uh, more 
drama within the family than than by taking care of yourself and having more control of your emotions, right? So I would say even one of the main things that I think, you know, parents do, parents in general, I mean, they forget to eat, right? Mm -hmm. They skip their lunch, they skip their dinner, or they're eating too late. And therefore, now they're super hungry, they're super crabby. And, you know, and a teenager who's going through their own personal drama, for whatever reason, you know, their emotions or hormones and things like that, you know, parents are not equipped then to have a you know, meaningful conversation or just see your child's perspective because you're just, you're not there. You're not all there because you're just so frustrated and, you know, full of anxiety yourself. Right, exactly. Yeah. One of the biggest things that worked for me um, was exercise because it does release anxiety. It helps with your mood. Um, it releases serotonin, dopamine. So there's just so many good benefits. And I think sometimes if we're that constant, you know, we're holding it in our body. But if we can get moving, it is a good way to start um, letting go of some of the, the stress. And I think I wanted to also say something about your work in suicide prevention field. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, a co-worker of mine lost his daughter to suicide, his 16-year-old daughter. So Terry and I actually did an interview um, in our Facebook group. We did a recording on you know some tips or some conversation starters for parents to possibly how to help prevent, you know, something like this from happening. And so I think your work in that area is just super important because suicide has become, I mean, a pandemic in itself for our yeah. teens. And we've got to do something. We've got to be able to, you know, help parents, help kids, help our teens not feel that the only way out is to do that. Right. Yes, I completely agree with you. And a, a few things on that. And what I've seen firsthand and it's yes. And coming together as a community, when we see other teens or parents struggling, mm -hmm. I feel like, you know, sometimes it could be a very judgmental space yes. where you're yes. saying, Oh, not my kid or so-and-so's kid, but it's all of our kids. Mm -hmm. One day your kid could be doing amazing, but the next day it could be your mm -hmm. kid that hurting or a situation comes up or they made a bad decision. So mm -hmm. I think it's instead of having a stigma that teenagers are bad mm -hmm. and this and that, like, I feel like they are, a group that needs the most love and support. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, just as a community, as parents, I feel like we need to kind of, you know, lend a hand wherever we can if we see, you know, our neighbor's kids struggling or something like that. Um, yes. What are some things that you, I mean, since this is your expertise too, is what are some things that you can uh, share with our listeners as far as some preventive work that we can look out for, you know, that parents can look out for? What are some, maybe some red flags or, oh, and not just that, where and when do you think it's appropriate for parents to even address a child if they even feel that maybe they're in depression or mm -hmm. that they're in the and it is okay um so normalizing instead of making them feel like bad about sharing oh i just don't want to get out of bed or this and then that there may be something else going on so i think it's always appropriate to check in mm -hmm. and, to, and to seek resources even if your child's not talking to you maybe they have a cousin that they you know really confide in or somebody so maybe you as a parent, if they're not coming to you, can reach out to somebody else to check in with them. Any kind of resources, whether it's a coach, a favorite teacher or something like that, I would say get other people to check in with them as well. So I say as much as they can really be involved, you know, positive things, whether it's sports or art or a group that a debate group or whatever it is, just so mm -hmm. they have kind of engagement. 
Because I think when a teenager isolates themselves and they see their own four walls, things get worse and worse because they have no different uh, view of life. They don't see life outside of their four walls. So the more that we can kind of engage, get them active, um, I think the better opportunity there are to other people to um, see that they may not be feeling okay. And what can they do? And, you know, is it depression? Could it be, um, you know, a mental disorder? I mean, whatever is going on, um, I would say just kind of um, continuing that. I think especially now during the pandemic, it has been so difficult for preteen and teen. Well, it's been difficult for everybody, but since we're focusing specifically on teens, um, not having that normal experience of school or experience of their peers, right? Being able to go and just hang out with their friends and, you know, do sports and go, go do things. Um, I'm finding as well, my clients telling me that it's just so much harder now for teens and preteens. And I think uh, to your point, it's even more important that we really step up and really check in with our teens and make sure they're doing okay. That we're not just talking to them about, did you do this assignment or what'd you get on the test? But we're actually asking them every day, how are you? What is going on? Just talking to them, having that connection. Um, Because right now the numbers are really scary, you know, for um, in terms of decline in mental health, right? Across the board, but especially for preteens and teens. Mm-hmm. Right. So I was just wondering if you're seeing anything different now during the pandemic as, uh, you know, how how is this impacting uh, your clients? Right. Yes, it's definitely impacting them because, again, a lot of um, parents of teenagers and preteens that may have had more of a stressful um, living environment and tensions are high, they're not having the break with that. So now, you know, mm-hmm. your kids are gone, you know, mm-hmm. the three, seven hours a day and it gives you a little time. Uh, so a lot of them are not finding that. So, mm-hmm. again, you know, it's looking for, for ways, whether it's like online support groups for, for the teens or, or something or for the parents. But yes, I've definitely seen a rise with, um, with parents reaching out due to the pandemic. So I think it's kind of, um, and it, it's, it's also individual. So when I, talk to a parent, we kind of, you know, we set what their lifestyle is. So do they work from home as well as the teen home? Mm-hmm. And then we just come up with small tips um, that can help them through the day, whether it's checking in, whether it's, you know, a phone call, whatever it is, whether it's taking them some, we're outside of the house for a drive or something like that. Um, the teens that I work with as well on our teen board, they also really say that they like to get out of the house. Mm-hmm. To neutral space to talk to their parents. Mm-hmm. Sometimes the day to day reminds us of that fight we had last <laughs> week. Or something. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So I think being open to to go for a drive or. Mm-hmm. Get I lost. found uh, driving with my teenage kids is for some reason the best time <laughs> when right. you're in the car and they just open up because there's like nowhere to go, <laughs> nowhere yeah. to. There's like, nowhere to go, and we're exactly. not looking directly at them. So they're, uh-huh. they're safe. We're not, you know, so it gives them a little bit of a comfort. I yeah. yeah, yeah, I think so, too. I think we've had some really great conversations in the car driving. I think mm-hmm. also because you, as the driver, mm-hmm. are more in control of your own emotions, yes. right? Because right. you're in the driver's seat. So the way you're approaching <laughs> the conversation, you're more mindful about how you're going to approach that conversation 
because you don't want it to go the wrong way, right? Mm -hmm. Because you're essentially you're driving. So I think that's another thing is that you you actually it probably you 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 are more intentional about how you're going to start the conversation because you don't want it to be a heated conversation. You're more, you, you take the time to really think about how you're gonna approach mm -hmm. this exactly. child, yes. right? So that yes. we don't push any buttons and there isn't any <laughs> triggers, right? Because we know that we, we're driving, so we have to be aware yes. of what we're doing. So I think that's actually yeah. a really great exercise for parents to do, is mm -hmm. if they have a conversation that they have to have with their kids, that they go for a drive and say, you know what, let's go for a drive. Because I think you, you take the time to really think about how you're gonna approach this conversation in a way that you're not gonna just, we're at home we don't really sometimes we don't even think about how we're going to approach it we just go at it and mm -hmm. then that's it right then we right then we just open a can of worms and we go down the spiral effect where you know a child's either yelling or arguing and you're yelling you're arguing yes right we're in the car it's more contained and you're 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 you're, you're actually controlling your own emotions which makes it makes big difference <laughs> Yes, and they can't see you react right away. So you can just kind of keep focusing and looking forward. Yes, yeah. So yeah. In, I'm just curious, Amber, since you do talk to teens and you work with teens as well as their parents, um, what are some of the things you hear from teens that what is it that our teens really need or want that they're not, you know, often get from their parents or their families? Yeah. Like, what are they saying to you? Right. I, I think a, a few things come to mind. One is they're looking for more of the independence. They want their parents to trust them, mm -hmm. um, knowing that they may make mistakes mistakes, but give them the opportunity to fail, give them the opportunity to try something um, different, non-judgmental. <laughs> That's you know? so hard to do for us, right? Yes, yes. <laughs> right. And, um, you know, teenagers, their whole frontal lobe's not fully developed. They don't have the same reasoning and thinking through things. So we have to also, as parents, realize who we're, who our audience is, who we're speaking to. Mm -hmm. uh, so they just want to be heard as well. They want to be respected they want to uh, feel in control. I mean, you know, a lot of times their their lives as they're coming up, we're telling them what to do, what to think, what to wear. Now they're kind of exercising that independence because really when you're a teenager, just like, you know, a few more years and you're on your own. I mean, and as a parent on the flip side, I know we want to keep them in the bubble and we can say, oh, no, you know, I can see where you're going and, and move. But I really feel like they just, um, they want a little independence. They want, um, not to be judged for their thoughts mm -hmm. and who they are. And, um, you know, whether it's, you know, as parents, we have an idea of where they should go to college or what mm -hmm. they, should, where they should date. Sometimes they have to learn, you know, those things for themselves. I mean, it's yeah. like the, you know, the, the child that's dating someone that the parent doesn't necessarily agree with. And it's, you know, picking your, picking your battles yeah. and, and deciding, you know, you know non-negotiable, yeah. where can you give them? Like you can show them, that you're open to hear them and come to a middle a middle ground, whatever the issue is. So maybe that you don't agree with it, but maybe you can support them. And above all that, I, they want love. I mean, we all want to be loved and accepted, and we are their parents forever. Yeah. And um, you know, also knowing that we create that safe space for them. Like my daughter is 20 and lives on her own, but she'll still call me for mm -hmm. you know little things. How do I do this and you know, so we're always there and, and in different capacities. So I think it's, um, yeah, just giving them a little bit of, of space to grow because around the corner, they will be out of the house. So it's as parents, you know, what they would like is a little more of the independence to give them the opportunity to fail or to make mistakes. Start, And I think it's important too to start letting them, teaching them to follow their own instincts. 
Yes. Right? And if we don't teach them that at an early on, at early age, they're not going to be able to understand what those instincts are. So right, they'll lack I, confidence. Yeah, right. I always decision, tell my you're clients, not there. Yeah, I always tell my clients too. It's like you're, you're. We all have these this this intuition, these instincts, and when someone is always telling you what to do and how to do it, you're robbing them that, of that ability. Mm-hmm. So the more we can allow their you know your child to to listen to those instincts and follow those instincts the more that you're going to be able to see that they are listening and paying attention to them. Right. right? Yes. So I think that's really important for us as parents is to give the, our child, you know, that ability to do that. And exercise right. that. Definitely. Yeah. <laughs> Another thing that I'm really passionate about and a project that I'm working on now is actually bringing the personal development to elementary school age kids, to younger kids, because I feel like we're missing the mark, um, teaching them the resiliency. It's Mm -hmm. a way to fail. So now as they're teenagers, the first time that they may be running into something and it's overwhelming to them, Mm -hmm. but we need to, the same way we're teaching them, you know, math and science, we need to teach them skills to cope with life at a younger age. I I, systems eventually will learn to start uh, at some form teaching kids at a young age about mindset and about yes. psychology. Cause I think it's so important for us to get that. I mean, I think if, if kids start to understand that at an early age and start taking classes that way, I think I, I hope, you know, I hope that that would be something that down the road would be mandatory because I think it's important for us to understand our mind and our brains and how it works so that right. they can say, Oh, it's not, you know, Oh, now I understand why I made these choices. Oh, no, I get it. Right. So they're, they're not so hard on themselves because when they do make that mistake, they don't have to feel this guilt. Like I, I screwed up and now my parents are going to burden on yourself that you just made a big mistake and you're afraid to go to anybody when you right. make a mistake, right. You don't want to share it. Yep. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I think, you know, teaching emotional intelligence mm-hmm. uh, to our kids, if we can begin um, like you both said early on, it's going to make a tremendous difference. Uh, when I was teaching emotional intelligence workshops in the corporate world, I so often heard from parents, oh my gosh, you know, I want to teach my kids this, or we need to start early. Or I heard, I just wish, you know, somebody would teach me when I was younger, right? Give me those tools so that I could have done, you know, better in some areas of my life when it comes to relationships. But in our schools in general, right, we are so programmed to teach, you know, math and science and curriculum, and they're important, but, you know, we're not teaching them emotional intelligence, right? Self-awareness, regulation of emotion, understanding their emotional well-being, um, taking care of themselves, all of those skills that I think it falls on parents to really be able to be that, you know, guide, that coach for our kids, to teach them those skills, to teach them emotional intelligence, because then, when our kids grow up and they go off to college, right, or they become adults, what you really hope for, I think every parent would agree, you want to maintain that connection. You want to have that close bond and the relationship with your kids, right? Even when they no longer have to be with you. Right. (laughs) You want them to call you. You want them to see you when it's a choice, right? When they are making that choice. And sometimes to do that, you've got to do the work all along the way so you don't break that relationship. Right. right. I, 
Yeah, I agree with you. And one thing that I was big on with my daughter when she was in sixth grade, she came home crying because she didn't make the talent show. Mm -hmm. Well, I pulled up YouTube videos and we watched how Walt Disney was told he wasn't creative and Michael Jordan didn't take that. Mm -hmm. I mean, it took a good two years, you know, two to three years to kind of get through it. But Yes, I'm a big advocate on the emotional intelligence, the affirmations, mm -hmm. how can we use our mind mm -hmm. when our mind is telling us we don't want to move, we don't want to live. How do we take control of that and start thinking positively, whether we're writing things down or journaling? But but yes, I think it's it's very important. Well, I think what you just said right now is key, mm -hmm. right? And the key thing that you said is that it, you know, it took two years, but you didn't give up. Right. You kept right. doing what you needed to do as the parent to be there for their for your child. And I think parents sometimes, you know, even if it's just, you know, the whatever relationship they're in, they just kind of like, oh, whatever. You know, this is not you can't give up on your child. I mean, it's never, exactly. ever, ever too late. And you do whatever you have to do to make that connection with your child, to be there for your child, to be able to show them, like you said, what they really want and need is love and to mm -hmm. know that they, that we will love them unconditionally, no matter what choices they make, no matter what has happened, no matter what has been done, that we will love them unconditionally. And that right. we have exactly. to build that trust to them. Yes. And that, that was a big thing because my daughter would walk out the door. She'd slam the door. I didn't know where she was overnight. And I would text her and I said, I'm not going anywhere. I'm here. I love you. And I would send emails or I would send something and she would never respond. But it's like, you know, sometimes you do sometimes you do you know, what you have to do yeah, and what feels right to you, regardless of their response. Right. right and, you exactly. do it, yeah. and you do it until they really get it. Right. Because mm -hmm. sometimes their kids are very insecure and that you need to say it. If you have to say it a hundred times, maybe a mm -hmm. hundred and one time, they're finally going to hear you. Right. Right. Yeah. And that's. Important. Amber, this was a great conversation. We definitely want to have you come back. I think we would love to dive deep a little bit more about your story and that journey that you had with your daughter, because hopefully our listeners, you know, if there is another family out there that's mm -hmm. going through what you, what you went through and what you can walk them through as far as how you got there and how you got through it. Um, I think that's just something sometimes we just, our listeners need to hear, right? And, mm -hmm. and going really deep into it, I think that's just a great conversation to have and that hopefully that can help somebody you know down the road so forward to having you here oh you know, yeah back again to have this kind of conversation so, so thank you so much amber thank you so much for being here today thank you for being our guest and sharing your very powerful story um so how can our listeners get in touch with you what would be um how can they reach you where can they find you yes so a couple ways so i have a website at amberevans.net they can also email me which is a parenting coach amber at gmail.com. Just a couple quick things that I have coming up in about two weeks, I will have um, an online support group for parents starting up. So I will have information on my website. Yeah, and I just want to wrap up by just, uh, you know, telling parents it's not an easy job, but just keep going. Don't give up. Well, that's our show for today. Thank you so much for listening and tuning in. Um, if you have any questions and you want us to answer any of your questions, feel free to submit your information to info at ourparentcoach.com. Um, you can also visit our website at workingwithparents.com. And remember to apply the CPR philosophy with compassion, patience, and respect with everyone you come in contact with. Yeah.
Join us next week for another edition of Ask Our Parent Coach with Terry Manrique and Alina Greif. Well, that's our show. Thank you so much for sticking around all the way to the end. We really appreciate you and your time. Feel free to write a review. Let us know how we're doing. And if you'd like to take it a step further, give us some ratings. And don't forget to hit the subscribe button to watch for future episodes.